Hey everybody and welcome back to the Local Feed Show. My name is Azura and our guest today is Caitlin from You Equals You. Together with Akila, on this episode, we talked about what is You Equals You and what does this movement or cause stand for. Is there a need to have an open conversation about HIV to create more awareness? Why we need to encourage a culture of testing uh, without discrimination? You know, does discrimination exist and how we can be better allies and so much more. Before we get to it, if you want to support us, there are a few ways you can do so. You know, share an episode with your friends, subscribe to our YouTube or on any podcast platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. If this is not your first episode, we truly appreciate you taking the time to listen to these amazing stories and the journeys that they are in. So, without further ado, remember, be bold and stay inspired. Here is Caitlin. Hey, Caitlin. Uh, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Um, we're really excited to kind of know more about you and what you do, especially when it comes to um, you equals you. So, I guess... I'll let you take the mic and maybe you can tell us a little bit more about yourself first. Okay, so um, I'm Caitlin. Um, I'm 23 this year. So I'm finishing up my degree in NUS. Um, I guess what's related to you equals you and me is that I went to Japan for a semester exchange in 2018. And then I met my current partner in Japan. Uh, we were friends. We were actually like classmates. And then we got closer together. And along the way, I discovered that he was HIV positive. And um, I've been in a relationship with him for almost two years already. And last year, after I came back to Singapore, when a long-distance relationship. Um, so I decided to start U equals U because I wanted to educate other people about undetected equals untransmittable. Because when I came back to Singapore and I tried researching it, I realized I couldn't find uh, many local sources on it, especially not from the government or anything. So I wanted to start something organic and help educate, like peer educating, you know, peer education, like mm-hmm. helping each other learn. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, I, I just got a question. I just got a question to kind yeah. of like because you when you as you're introducing right, you mentioned something about there's nothing much in like locally that you can find like this kind of like um resources. Yeah. So why do you think that is? I mean, well, is it because well, yeah? Well, I wrote in to MOH before I started. You go to you. I wanted to ask them how come you don't have it on your website because they have a page, they have like a tab on HIV and AIDS. And the reply was that this is something that's discussed between patient and doctor. Um, okay. So they say the research exists. But I mean, the research for Yugoslavia has been around um, for decades. They've been testing it over decades. And they found out in 2016 that yes, it's, the risk is absolutely zero if someone has uh, undetectable viral load. So I think um, with MOH, I don't know, maybe Yugoslavia is just very different because you know, the messaging we received when we were growing up, you mm-hmm. know, in the 2000s, was that you have to use a condom or you're going to get HIV. Yeah. This was before PrEP. Mm-hmm. And you equals you came out. So, um, I think they're just like hesitant to reverse the messaging. Will it confuse people <laughs> or something? 
Yeah, so they're quite slow on it. And even a lot of uh, general pra- practitioners like GPs here, mm-hmm. they don't know about you because you. So when I went to like seek um, advice, they couldn't give me proper advice. So in the end, I had to speak to my partner's HIV specialist okay. uh, in Germany. But wow. funnily, if you look outside of Singapore, like if you just look for you because you, the CDC in America has it. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, um, government websites outside of Singapore have it. Even Thailand endorses mm. you equals you. So I think here we're just a bit too conservative. Mm. Even though it, we need it more because of how um, badly people living with HIV are stigmatized in Singapore. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a very good point. I guess, I, I guess, I mean, the question is, because again, right, I mean, Singaporeans, I mean, there's a lot of like topics and conversation that we actually don't talk about because yes, um, we are a bit more conservative. I don't know why. I don't know whether it's an Asian yeah, thing or yeah. Singaporean thing, but yeah, we are a bit more, we don't Yeah, talk legacy about of colonialism. Yeah, correct, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for us to talk about sex. It's hard for us to, you know, kind of like um, mention these kind of things which are like either a stigma or taboo, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think I've been talking about HIV for more than a year already. So for me, I, I don't find it terrible or stigma. But when people first hear about it, they'll be like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm quite open that me and my uh, my partner, we don't use condoms because there's more effective birth control. Um, and he's undetectable. So people with undetectable viral load can't transmit HIV to you during sex. Okay. Uh, mothers living with HIV can have children with less than 1% uh, risk of transmitting the virus. Okay. Yeah, so many things are possible nowadays with today's medication, as long as you have access to it. So in Singapore, you know, we're a small country and we have a pretty good medical, like, healthcare system. I mean, we have the medication. It's mm-hmm. more affordable now than it was in the past, but not enough people are getting tested. Because they're scared, you know, your life changes. So I guess you mentioned um, about um, why you started U equals U um, yeah. briefly. So I guess you met your partner and then you found out that um, he had uh, HIV positive. So maybe you can kind of elaborate that. Like why, why was it like U equals U? Like is there any kind of like other support group out there? Or you know, what's the current scene like right now here um. in Singapore? From what I know, there are support groups for people okay. living with HIV. Um, the, so the way that I go about with me equals you is, is more to educate um, people like who have not been diagnosed with HIV. Mm. So educating the rest of us, you know, we don't have HIV. Um, many of us are heterosexual or we're allies to the LGBTIQ community, but we don't know about you equals you and maybe we stigmatize people with HIV. So my um, where I come from is to educate people so that they become allies to the female mm. HIV community. Yeah, yeah. So that's and the I bit where you you because it is undetectable, equals untransmittable, and it's local because I'm Singaporean, so it's local, so it's Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I did sort of. I mean, it's 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 definitely a good start to educate people because it's it's most people don't know that U equals U exists. I mean, I admit I had to also Google it and then um, and do a little bit of reading on it, right? And then it turns out that there are, um, at least in that first page of the Google um, search, there, it's, it's pretty international. It's quite, it's quite a huge 
um, conversation topic in yeah. in various countries. A lot of people like um, you know when you hear about these kind of progressive things, it thinks a Western thing. Um, so mm-hmm. not because actually yeah. over a hundred countries have um, endorsed Ucosu. I see at I see like um, campaign materials, you know, from I think Nepal, from Jamaica, Thailand, um, all over um, in the African continent as well. So mm. it's definitely not isolated to one part of the world. Mm. Yeah, I mean to become undetectable, it really depends on the resources you have, and a society that also stigmatizes PLHIV more can lead mm. to lower adherence rates. Mm. So we need to change our society to become more accepting and to reduce HIV stigma if we want more people to get tested and yeah. um, and stay on their treatment, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the the whole movement, I mean, it started I mean by two thousand eight they knew that or they were like get catching on, two thousand eight or two thousand eleven, they were catching on that there was no risk of transmission, HIV transmission during sex for mm-hmm. heterosexual couples. Okay. But mm-hmm. they weren't sure whether it was the same for um, uh, male gay couples, you know, mm-hmm. who had anal sex. So really in 2016, when the results from partner one and two studies came out, that, oh yes, it is um, effectively zero risk for both heterosexual mm-hmm. and uh, gay couples. Okay. Yeah, so the movement has been building. More and more people are endorsing it. More countries are endorsing it. And some of them even have um, public health campaigns, you know? Mm-hmm. Like my partner, um, last year he was an ambassador for a nationwide campaign in Germany. He shared his story mm-hmm. and I it's a video on my Instagram. So, you know, countries are trying to educate more and more people about you equals you so they can build a more inclusive environment. There's nothing mm-hmm. to fear nowadays about HIV mm. yeah. and I wish Singapore would you know start this as well <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing is that, <laughs> yeah, so I know just yeah. now you mentioned PLHIV right yeah. I mean yeah. I mean we both know what I mean all, all, all of us know what PLHIV is maybe if you get like what what is that term um, people living with HIV so it's yeah. more preferable to say that than HIV positive well it depends on like as an ally mm-hmm. um it's better than say HIV patients because patients mm. rather means a sickly, right? Yeah. That's not the case. Unless they're in a hospital and a doctor calls calls them patient, mm. then it's different. So PLHIV is the best to use mm. uh, because it's a chronic condition. You live with it. Yeah. Um, but your HIV doesn't mean that's who you are. You know, it's not your only identity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And and then I realize that there's different terms that people actually, um used for like HIV or AIDS. It's not it's not really AIDS anymore, right? It's like you, you call it like HIV positive or yeah. and stuff. So if you could share with us a bit about the like technology. Yeah, with HIV there's there are stages. Mm-hmm. Um there's an acute stage when you first get it. Mm-hmm. It enters a latency period because you're not on medication. So HIV only progresses to AIDS when you're not on treatment for quite a few years, right? And your mm-hmm. immune system deteriorates. So the CD4 count um, is basically a normal person. I'm trying to remember my boyfriend's CD4 count. Well, it's just below 1,000. Um, but when you have AIDS, it goes below 200. Um, and um, your body is much harder to fight off infections. You may need to get hospitalized. 
So, and that's really the end stage. However, if you get treatment while you're in the, at the final stage, which is AIDS, you could mm-hmm. still turn around. Okay. You could still um, get better and become undetectable. Because that's what they realized when they were testing all the medications. Even those in the later stages could make a recovery. But again, it depends because as, as you progress further and you get AIDS, you can have uh, more serious conditions coming up. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. even if you're AIDS, get treatment. If you have AIDS, sorry, get treatment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is that we want to stop HIV transmission and the progression to AIDS. So stopping yeah. HIV treatment, uh, stopping HIV transmission would mean getting treatment um, as soon as possible, getting diagnosed and getting treatment mm-hmm. and staying on treatment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just to be clear, not everyone can have an undetectable viral load. The majority can, but not everyone can. So it depends mm-hmm. whether they adhere to their medication um, or mm-hmm. they do, do, if they have a drug-resistant HIV and they would need more medication, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and then there are some people, rare, but there are some people who just cannot become undetectable. Okay. Mm. Um, through okay. no fault. Like, mm. they may adhere to their medication, but they just may not be able to become undetectable, but they can still be healthy. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it's just, um, well, you know, with HIV, it's really a very, like, medical science topic. Exactly. And very often, um, the size kind of gets lost, it's not uh, made more understandable. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So even when I'm researching, I have to look for different sources <laughs> to explain the same thing. Just one thing is easier to understand than the other. That's true. But I guess, but I guess that's, that's the good thing, isn't it? Like, I mean, education, right? I yeah. mean, like, that's, that's, that's a huge factor because now that you've mentioned it, um, how does one actually even find out for the very first time that you know, and then and then you know, from the acute HIV stage, and then the latency period, because they will need to go go through that stage first before we, actually, you know, be on treatment, right? Yeah. So, um, so like I always had these questions, and then like, I got, a, <laughs> I got um hundred questions and answers about HIV and AIDS. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So literally, keep reading. Yeah. Um, so this book it was written by a doctor, and he says it's suitable for healthcare providers and people who've just been diagnosed. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And it's pretty understandable. And for okay. like words they use, they have like small boxes at the side mm. that help explain those words. Mm. So I think, you know, even if you're not, you don't have HIV or even if you don't know anyone who has HIV, educate yourself. Yeah. Because at some point, you probably will meet someone who's living with HIV in your life. Yeah. And it's really important to know how to treat them respectfully, mm. um, treat them as an equal, yeah. yeah, and not live in irrational fear that they want to transmit HIV to you. <laughs> yeah, that's a quite irrational fear. Like we, I don't know in Singapore, but I mean around the world, people living with HIV has been painted as dangerous, mm. as harmful. Is it still today though? Yeah, today, yeah, still yeah have... definitely. Okay. Like there's these images of HIV are still around. Um, I've met with elders uh, in my family and some out of my family and you know they still call HIV AIDS then mm-hmm. they don't know the difference um, mm-hmm. well we don't have many public health campaigns so I can't understand 
that you don't know the difference. Um, but yeah. also, yeah, some people think that um, people living with HIV are all promiscuous. They think it's a gay disease, which is very weird mm. because <laughs> over half of the um, global population of people living with HIV are women and girls. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And there's these outdated images that people living with HIV are sickly. You shouldn't hire them because they're going to take so many sick leave or something. Okay. Um, even in Singapore, it's really hard to get insurance if you're living with HIV. Mm-hmm. But I know um, you can't get insurance. Even if you're undetectable and oh, you're really? healthy, you can't get insurance because of these images of HIV, the costs, you know, the costs. Yeah, of, yeah. They're going to fall sick. They're going to uh, deteriorate easier. Yeah. But with medication, you know that that's not the case. You see, there's a lot of we have to unlearn a lot of these yeah. uh, stigmatizing images and perceptions of people living with HIV. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we would say that, I mean, this whole stigmatization, it's it's really from the past, like how you said, like, you know, you mentioned 2008, um, there was a research and then um, came out that, you know, if it's um, undetectable, it's not, yeah. un- it's untransmissible, right? And then right. in 2016 as well, um, with the same-sex couples, right? Um, but do you, why do you think? I guess it's really it boils down to people not knowing and and still a little bit ignorant. You feel like that's just the stigma. Um, like why does it still exist? Or why does it still exist? Um, I don't know. When you tell people something, um, the first thing they want to do is rebut you. They want to listen because they don't <laughs> want to admit they were wrong or that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't know something and it's okay if you don't know it but now that you do it is time to change right well, some mm-hmm. people are just a bit stubborn and um, I've heard like weird reactions such as uh, okay but I still wouldn't like date someone who has HIV or like sleep with them and I'm like I'm not asking you to do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay yeah that's a very yeah, weird reaction logical leaps <laughs> Um, yeah. Actually, internalize. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if if you know about you equals you and you refuse to have sex with someone who has HIV, um, it is stigma, and that's not ignorance anymore. There are so many resources. Uh, feel free to refer to my page. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, more importantly, um, now you know the information. You have to practice it. You have to practice telling people about it. You know. So whenever you hear like, um, you know, HIV. Um, stigmatizing comments you know, about HIV, mm. uh, speak up. Mm. But people know that's not right. I mean, this is science. Mm. Yeah. This will get science wrong. Yeah. <laughs> At least, yeah. I mean, there's no debate about this. Like, you may think there's a debate, but this is what the science is telling us. So, yeah. really practice telling people about you, about people living with HIV. Uh, draw attention to the struggles that people living with HIV face. I mean, mm. nowadays in Singapore, there are stories of fear of HIV. Uh, they can be anonymous or they cannot be. So I would encourage you to read their stories. Mm. Uh, just, just to, We will never know what they go through, but we can just at least see and tell people, you know, the emotional pain that's involved in this. Right? And you know, have like encouraging people to have empathy. So as an ally, you need to have empathy. Mm. And just to be clear, as an ally, there's no sympathetic or unsympathetic person. Yeah. Yeah. So I know I've heard comments about 
uh, while I was educating people like face to face, yeah, and then I would hear comments like, um, "I feel sorry for kids born with HIV." Oh, okay. I feel mm. uh, sorry for women who were infected by their husbands because the husbands maybe had affair or were using drugs, their needles, mm. right? Um, so they are sympathetic uh, victims at times, mm-hmm. but I would say no one deserves to get HIV. And so we have to remove the moral judgment we place on people who are diagnosed with HIV. Yeah. So as an ally, we have to reserve our judgments and focus yeah. on being helpful and not harmful. Yeah. Yeah. So like when someone tells you they have HIV, um, don't say like, uh, where did you get it from? How did you get it? It's none yeah. of your business. Like if they want to tell you, let them know. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like, um, some people also ask me how Marcel got HIV. Then I just look at them, sex. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's very open about it. But I yeah. find it quite ludicrous to even ask me yeah. how he got HIV. That's yeah. not matter. Yeah. yeah. And, if, and if someone tells you how they got HIV, don't judge them. Leave mm-hmm. them be. You know? Yeah. Empathize with them, talk to them. You know, be a... Yeah. Be a friend, especially if you're a friend or a relative. Okay, don't pressure people living with HIV to come out to their families mm-hmm. or to their friends. Yeah, now, it takes a while. Like for Marcel, he only told his parents after two years oh. of living with it after being diagnosed. Mm-hmm. It takes people time to tell those around them, especially in a society that has a quite a lot of stigma, right? Mm-hmm. So, as an ally, don't rush someone to disclose their HIV status. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there are many things we could do. Um, a lot of this is, you know, you have to practice. Yeah. And stuff. Even for me, I have to learn from mistakes. So, for example, when I first started U equals U, I was really eager to have stories um, to share um, yeah. on my platform. So, but then I realized that I shouldn't pester people because it's harmful, right? It's not easy telling a story, even if it's anonymous. Because telling your story brings up a lot of feelings. Being diagnosed, being on treatment, all these things, it brings up a lot of feelings. So even though I want to help and give people living with HIV a platform, I also must know not to push too hard. Ask once, if they say no, then you can be. And yeah. So it's a a learning process. You will make mistakes. Like I've Mm. made mistakes. And we just have to keep going even when we make mistakes. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Because that's that's the I think the, the the part where you don't judge is very important because yeah. I feel like um whenever you tell something, I mean things like this, um, you know, it's it's people just judge and then that's when the sympathy comes in and like that's not very as, Yeah, exactly. So I guess there there's always like a predisposed assumption of how something is like, especially when it comes to HIV, but you know, not not just HIV, but a lot of other issues in Singapore. Yeah. So, I feel like this is a very important conversation to yeah. have, especially when it comes to don't judge and be empathetic yeah. and be a friend. I think that's like the most yeah important yeah. bit. You wouldn't treat your friend like you know, correct, and make them yeah. especially when they they. I guess it's bad enough, like you mentioned a few things that people living with HIV here, especially in Singapore, go through like you know the discrimination they go through. Yeah. Um, we touched that briefly, but from your experience, really in the past uh, year, 
or two, what, what, what other kind of discrimination do they go through? Well, this part I have to write down so that I don't miss anything. Okay, okay. So I I know about insurance. You yeah, yeah, you mentioned insurance. That's really sad. Why why? So many things not related to HIV and you're not insured against and you know, it's quite unfair, right? Yeah. But I hear it's changing. Okay. Like some companies are thinking about it. Again, I have not seen something comprehensive or well publicized. Mm. Yeah, so we still need to keep going, you know. Yeah. Uh, so another one I wanted to talk about is the fact that you need to disclose your HIV status to a partner before having sex. Um, so when I when I because myself is from Germany, right? So I often we talk about our laws. And in Germany, mm. if you take precautions like wearing a condom or having an undetectable viral load, you actually don't need to disclose to the other person that you have HIV. Okay. Yeah. You don't need to do that at all because you're not going to transmit the virus. Mm. Mm. And if, let's say, I mean, you're using a condom, you've already drastically reduced the chances of transmitting. Mm-hmm. And also, if you have an undetectable viral load, zero chance of transmitting. Okay. So, you know, at first when we hear this, we're like, wait, why? Isn't, is this safe or anything? Mm. It is, right? Mm. Um, but in Singapore, you have to get consent from the other partner. And the problem with that is that, imagine it's just a hookup. I mean, not, let's be realistic. Not everyone is in like long-term <laughs> monogamous relationships. Okay? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Okay. So, what if it's a hookup and you have to tell the person you have HIV and the person publicizes you have HIV, on the dating app. Oh, man. Which has been done, uh, as I've heard, from a yeah. spokesperson from Action for AIDS. Wow. Why should you be forced to disclose? It's very intrusive. Mm. And it basically tells people, like, we don't trust you. Okay. So, um, and then I was just thinking about, there's a few other arguments that I have to know. But um, why? If there's no risk of transmission, why do you have to know? Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, we stigmatize HIV so badly to the point that, you know, every time we hear about it, we get scared. And mm-hmm. we don't want to have sex with the other person. So can you imagine how the person living with HIV feels? Like how many times they get rejected mm-hmm. um, yeah. because of our ignorance and stigma? Yeah. So stop forcing people to disclose when they're not ready or they don't want to. It's more so, okay. important, yeah. Just to be clear, this is a rule in Singapore. Yeah, yeah it's a rule. you have to disclose. Otherwise, you face jail time and a fine. Wow, There's actually really? a penal code, like yeah. a proper penal code yeah. for this. Okay, you know, in the past, maybe it made sense because there wasn't medication. Mm. Mm. But again, like in Germany, you know, the way that you would prosecute someone is that if someone intentionally mm. spread HIV to you, meaning they know they have HIV, it's not treated or it's not undetectable, and they choose to have condomless sex, mm. then it's wrong. That's malicious, that's, um, right? And not everyone is like that. Yeah. And we, keep, we think that, okay, what if? And what if that? And then I say, like, if you're worried, then ask the other person to use a condom. We should use, you should use anyway, okay, for prevention of other STIs. Like herpes, gonorrhea, chlamydia. But again, don't reject someone who has HIV. Again, this law is just, it's just strange because it really forces people living with HIV to come out. 
mm. whenever they want to have sex, whenever they want to start a relationship, mm. come out too soon. I find yeah. it very funny in the sense that they have to disclose, but they don't. The they don't provide enough information. You know, for yeah. for people who are not aware of what HIV, then it's just mm-hmm. directly trying to put them one corner and just kind of like, correct. You know, correct. right? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, if you want people to, if you want them to tell people they have HIV, you need a society that's very well educated. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's true. You, yeah. Otherwise, you're gonna have like a lot of stigma, a lot of discrimination. Right. Oh, yeah. I just won't take the risk or something. And my reply is that if you're really worried, you can take prep. You can use condoms. Okay. Uh, me and my partner don't use condoms or prep because we have trust. Right. We like I know he takes his medication. He goes regularly to monitor his viral load. That it stays undetectable. So we have trust, we have communication. So again, it's if you're in a long-term relationship, then it, it takes a while to decide whether or not to forego any condoms or like using PrEP, mm-hmm. right? So again, yeah. it requires a lot of trust and communication. You have to trust that your partner living with HIV will not stop taking that medication for whatever reason. Yeah. And they will keep going to the doctor to monitor their environment. But again, like, you know, this... For hookups, it's not, it doesn't mean it'll be a long-term relationship. And people have sexual needs. So yeah, this law is really in their disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Unless they can find someone who's understanding. But as we see from Singapore, LGBTIQ community. Yeah. Law of stigma. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and then uh, another law. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Go ahead. Law. Um, so foreigners living with HIV are banned from living and working in Singapore. Whoa. Um, yeah, there's a law. So how would they tell? Um, do you have to come to Singapore and do a blood yeah. test in Singapore? And you, even though you have an undetectable viral load, once you contract HIV, there's a certain like antibody protein or something in your mm. system. Uh, and when, okay, so I went for a HIV checkup and they said I don't have protein okay so but if you are living HIV they can get this from you even if you're undetectable doesn't mean you're infectious or anything there's a protein in your body so Mm -hmm. the test would pick it up and then they will know that you're living with HIV so um, foreigners are living with HIV cannot work in Singapore cannot stay long term if they are married to a Singaporean then they can stay more than 90 days. I don't know what that means um, because it doesn't, the website doesn't tell us anything about medication, mm-hmm. about um, can they find a job? Are they allowed to? What kind of pass would they be on? Could it ever progress to become permanent residency? Mm. All these things, unclear, ambiguous. Hang on, so this is a le- legit law? Yes, the law is a law. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I guess that before is, they yeah, before they come in they have to take a medical checkup, right? And then so they, they can come see the antibody. In, they come in and they do the blood test in Singapore. Why can't they just so they don't wait? Wow, okay, so they okay. So they technically have to fly to Singapore to do the test. And then if the test says they are, they can't work and stay in Singapore. They're deported. What? Yeah, so if you're already living so let's say, you know, you pass the test, you you didn't have HIV when you first came to Singapore. 
and you're working and you're working and then one day you're diagnosed with HIV. Mm-hmm. Mm. You get deported within like two weeks and quite fast with this. Wow. That is That itself is quite... And just to let you know, in 2015, Singapore finally removed the ban on tourists coming to Singapore with HIV. In 2015? That's not <laughs> that far. That's not that far. That's not long ago, you know. It's quite recent. Yeah. Okay. I mean, before mm. that, how would you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. No. <laughs> so, it was just not a statement, you know, that we don't want you. And I find ah. it really strange that it um, people living with HIV who have been diagnosed. And quite a few of them are on treatment. And you're penalizing them. Yeah. You know, it could really be easily managed. You could easily, like, you know, foreigners living in HIV, foreign nationals, if they were living in Singapore, just make sure I'm making compulsory for them to go for viral load monitoring. Yeah. Like every three months, every six months, and then, you know, they stay undetectable. Wow. I'm mind blown. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. I think you can research on this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's why Marcel can't come to Singapore. Even though he wanted to, he can't. Wow. Wow. He, he guess as a tourist, he can lah, but he can't be doing anything else. Like can't be working yeah, can't, at all. Can't work here. So um, our plan is that I would eventually go overseas. Uh. Mm. My plan is probably yeah. overseas, depending on how COVID goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will like probably do my masters and then work overseas for a while. Because even if we get married, I don't know what would happen to him when he comes to Singapore. Mm. His medication could change. It could be more expensive, less expensive. I don't know. There are too many ambiguities about it. Yeah. That you can't plan for the future. Wow, okay. Yeah. And not only that, I guess things changes, like, you know, just well, like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I heard from a friend that she knows uh, a lady. She's um she's living in Singapore. She has HIV. She's married to a Singaporean spouse. Um, but she he can work, but she has to tell the company that she has HIV. Just like what? Okay. <laughs> but why do you have to tell the company? Yeah. Okay. So that brings us to our next strange law, which is that when you enroll in school or employment, they ask you whether you have HIV or AIDS. Yeah. I don't see how that is relevant because what they could do instead is that do you have a condition that you would like to let us know so that we could help you or provide assistance? If so, tell us what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a way better way to say it. So Norifika, when she first enrolled in Singapore Poly, she told me that she had a checklist. Uh, and then they asked her, do you have this? And then the first thing top is HIV AIDS. You have that. Okay. And um, if... So Norifika helps run our Facebook page for you equals you. She's mm-hmm. a woman uh, living with HIV publicly. Okay. Um, so yeah, she... And then when she disclosed that she had HIV, they pulled her aside for a whole separate interview. And she told me how the admissions officer was quite rude. Like asking her, can you transmit HIV by sharing food with your classmates? What? What? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Where is oh the sensitization gosh. training? Just not there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gosh. Yeah. It's terrible, right? Yeah. So it shouldn't be like this. Um, oh. 
again, like this whole idea of forcing people to disclose their HIV status, it's very strange. Because mm. it's it is none of your business unless mm. I deem it necessary to tell you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So there are a few. There could be more. Um, this is just the ones I can remember off the top of my head. Okay. So, yeah. But again, um, if you want to find out more information, and also just links to being an ally, you can also volunteer for Action for AIDS or Gay Help SG. Mm-hmm. Um, so one is for the gay bisexual, uh, MSM community in Singapore. Oh, sorry, the questioning community in Singapore it's for men. And then the other one is for just in general. So you can be female and volunteer for Action for AIDS. Can be heterosexual mm. and volunteer for action for AIDS. So they have a few, they have a few branches as outreach. There's also mobile testing, HIV mm. testing. There's the anonymous clinic they have. Um, mm. There's also education. There is a missing one. There. Okay, I'm missing it right now. But there's a lot of avenues you could pursue, lah, if you want. Yeah. I mean, this is if you have time mm. and you have the energy. Mm. But um, it's also a great place to learn stuff. Like you could ask the um, not the staff. Like what about your work? What's what's going yeah. on? What are the issues? Yeah. So I'm just I'm just one source, and I'm it's a whole organization. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, also it's really hard for them to talk about you equals you because they have so many other programs that they need to run. Yeah. So. So my part is to help educate people specifically on U equals U and the basics on HIV and all that. Yeah. And something I forgot to mention, um, if, it, if someone like maliciously transmits HIV to you, you can actually do genetic testing. And genetic testing will tell you whether it's a linked transmission. Okay. HIV virus isn't the like exact same copy for every person. It changes and mutates along the way. Okay. Yeah. So this is just something I forgot to mention, but I thought I should cover it. There are ways to tell if someone maliciously transmits HIV to you. How important is it for them to go for their testing? Because it's like, important. yeah, mm. extremely important to get tested at least once in your life. So um, you know, I was reading the CDC guidelines, and they said any adult above sixteen, above eighteen should get tested for HIV regardless of your gender and sexual orientation, unless you've been abstinent your entire like life <sighs> or something, then you need to get tested. Okay. And um, if you're traveling and you receive hospital treatment abroad, maybe a blood donation, get tested. Because not every country may properly screen for HIV. Like, it depends where you go. Like, if you go to like a place that doesn't have much of a healthcare system, you know? Mm-hmm. Again, if you use drugs, use needles, get tested. Not just about sex. It's also about, there are many ways to transmit the virus, you know. It's bodily fluids. Not saliva, not sweat, but (laughs) blood, vaginal secretions, anal secretions, all these things. And I guess, that's the thing, you know, as allies, we have to create a more inclusive society. Less stigmatizing that encourages people to go for testing. We need to tell people about U equals U mm. so that they know once I get HIV, life won't stop. Right? Yeah. You can go on living a healthy life. You can have kids if you want. You can have 
safe sex and not transmit HIV to your like, partner or loved one, right? Mm. And at the same time, I feel we talked about the laws and I feel quite strongly that we have to change the laws if we want to encourage people to go for testing. Yeah. So like, you know, when you get tested, prepare for a worst case scenario, which mm-hmm. can be many things. You have to be in the HIV registry that had a data leak. Oh yeah, wow. the one that's recent. <laughs> wow. People were panicking. People living with HIV, they were scared their bosses would find out. All these things. Mm. Their family would find out, they get fired. It's yeah. terrible. So you have to go on a registry. For the rest of your life, you have to tell another sexual partner if you have HIV. <laughs> uh, what would happen? What would your parents say? Yeah. You have friends. So, you know, all these consider- considerations. But for the sake of your health, please get tested. Yeah. You know, I wish we could change the laws, but we can't. Um, you can go for anonymous testing. You can go for non-anonymous testing. So anonymous testing is, you know, Dr. Tan and partners, they have clinics. But um, there's also Action for AIDS. They, they do anonymous testing. There's also uh, non-anonymous testing. So it's not anonymous. At the DSC clinic, it's cheaper. Okay. Getting a HIV test doesn't have to be expensive. Okay. There are affordable ways to get it. Um, but please get tested. Yeah. What What is the okay? Like, what is the what's the price range? Because you said that it doesn't have to be expensive, right? I mean, the ballpark. You don't have to give the exact amount. So if you go to a private one, so I went to a private one, and the results took maybe a week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it, how much was it? More than fifty dollars, sir. Okay. Um, but it's for like a GP. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know Asian for AIDS is. 30-ish for anonymous testing. Mm, okay. And then for the DSC clinic, it's even lower than that. But it's not anonymous. Or... Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, do you, so my suggestion would just be to go to action for AIDS for the anonymous testing. But mm. if you're okay with it not being anonymous, then the DSC clinic. Okay. It's quite yeah. affordable to get tested. Lah. Mm. And also, like, um, action for AIDS, they do, like, mobile vans and if I'm not wrong it's free testing so yeah so the way it works is that you have a reactive test mm-hmm. and then they have to test it again for the western block so the western block 99% confirms that you uh, more than 99% that you have HIV okay the reactive test is a, an indicator you could have but you need to finish it up with the western block mm. yeah so it yeah. is possible to get tested. It is affordable, but I think it's just the mental, the mental obstacles. Yeah, getting tested, and as I said, a lot of things would have to change to get mm. uh, everybody tested. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yes, we have to change our sexual healthcare edu- education, please. <laughs> <laughs> please start from school, man. It's yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, please. It's gonna be immediately. Actually, that's true. Actually, that really is true. But again, I guess, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I feel that is the conservative part a bit about us Singaporeans that we just want to kind of like keep it safe and you know don't talk about things that are not supposed to be talked about. Just you know, just you know, just leave it be. You know, if it doesn't happen to you, just just you know. (laughs) 
Let's not be cool. Uh, every year there are 300 or so cases uh, that come up. Okay, I was about to ask you. I was about to ask you, yeah. as in, is it, you know, you know, because we don't, we don't hear it in the news. We don't, I mean, we don't hear it, right, Akila? I mean, you, you know what we hear in the news? Yeah. Like, people living with HIV didn't know they're HIV and donated blood. That's what we hear in the news, okay? <laughs> what kind of image does that paint? Yeah, right? Yeah. It's fear. We just fear, you know? So, it's, it's yeah. Well, so sometimes, they, sometimes they see it, but again, you know, these 300 cases, not everyone who has HIV is being tested. 50% of people who are diagnosed, right? Voluntary, like not voluntary, but 50% of them are in the later stages of their HIV infection. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and by then, maybe they find it out because they were in the hospital or something mm-hmm. else, and then the blood results came. Okay. You know? So, honestly, we need to encourage a culture of testing that having an STI, having HIV is not dirty, it's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. More important to get tested and treated. We have yeah. to change the conversations we have about sex and STIs. Yeah. Yeah. Firstly, don't call it STDs, because these like diseases is like what? not infections. Try that yeah. instead. Yeah. Um, the language you use matters, and we need the LGBTIQ um, inclusive sex ed. We need to teach about prep, PEP, um, U equals U. A lot of things we have to teach and prepare young people. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. we have to honestly. I've written this in the post. We have to repeal three seven seven because three seven seven A just encourages yeah. homo negativity, encourages internalized stigma, mm-hmm. and that makes you like more at risk of engaging in like maybe unsafe sex practices. Yeah. So a lot of things, you know, has to change if we want to end HIV transmission in Singapore. It is possible, you know. Logically, it is possible to end HIV transmission. Yeah. yeah. We've just got to be open about it and talk about yeah. it. Right. right. And, uh, because, you know, we live in a society where the government has to take a lead for a lot of stuff. Government has to step up. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, they are unwilling, but as time passes, we may see a change in the values of the leaders. I'm hopeful for it. Okay. We have to be hopeful, right? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, um, yeah, what's the point of even trying? That's <laughs> true. Don't think we could do better. And we can. It is possible. Yeah. And like, you know, on occasion, like, I'll get weird comments from people like, why do you do this? Or like, why do you talk about your sex life in these interviews? I say because it's important. It's, yeah. mm. like, unless, they're telling, unless they're telling you they don't have sex, la, then you know. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> no, I have friends who like, have never had sex yet. Okay. I mean, it's okay. up to you when you're ready to accept. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So it's it. You know, I will just share because I I have the privilege to share. You know, because my partner's living in Germany. Mm. There are a lot of like protections for him. Mm. That when he comes out publicly, mm-hmm. there are protections in place to safeguard him. Oh, okay. Unlike in Singapore, you know, with the whole yeah. job insecurity and stuff. So. I, I am in a privilege because he's not from Singapore. It's really different here than it is in Germany. And he's very open about his HIV status, how he got it, and what he does with his life. 
And because of that, I've been able to talk about you, Pusiu, like being in a relationship with him. And, you know, he's queer. It's not straight. Lah. Um, but we are straight passing. Because we seem to be, we are heterosexual. Lah. Like heterosexual relationship, even though he's not heterosexual. So I find that in Singapore, people are more willing to listen when it comes from like a heterosexual couple. You know, when it comes from like a gay couple, they're like, they're very judgmental and conservative. So I have to be able to use my privilege to help in some way. Yeah. Right? So in Germany, that means if someone were to fire him because he has uh, HIV, he can sue them, kind of? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. In Singapore, you can't do that because well, you have... When people fire you... It depends on the company. Yeah. Whether okay. it is your HIV. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. When, they, when, you, when they hire you and you have to disclose your HIV, if they reject you, do you know whether it was your HIV? It's a question mark. It's not clear. Yeah, true. Yeah. Because there's no robust law. Mm. I mean, there's laws that tell you you can't disclose someone's HIV status. That's not enough. It needs to be more. Because it is so highly stigmatized. Mm. You know, it is true that people living with HIV, they're a person, you know, that they can live just like us. But let's be mindful that living in an environment that stigmatizes them, no, they don't face, they face more challenges than us, you know. So as much as you want to be equal, the reality it is not there yet. Yeah. 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 We have to keep working. And allies need to step in and not overshadow, of course. But keep talking uh, about you go see you correct misconceptions about HIV, encourage their friends, be there for their friends when they get tested. All these things. Uh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that's what I try to get that's what I try to do with you go see you. Okay. Um, because the the PRHIV community, they have they have themselves they have an agency as well. They also have action for AIDS. So um, I would always be open to PLHIV who want to share their story on my platform. Mm-hmm. Definitely can, um, but I also understand that it's hard for them. So they have to do so much emotional and physical labor themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's why allies, you know, we're, we're brand new, we're fresh. We can help. Yeah. yeah. Even if you didn't know once, like now you know, right? Yes. So if yeah, someone says definitely. something about HIV, there's a misconception, a myth, you could speak out. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it really, you have to start from there and keep going. It's important. I mean, it's important what you're doing. It's amazing. I mean, I think oh, you're listening okay. to you. I was like, so inspired because we, I mean, to be honest, we, yeah, we, yeah. And just inspired because it is hard work. It's tough because especially talking about something that's so taboo, taboo. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm thankful that you want to talk about this issue. It's always great when people want yeah. to talk about HIV needs. And it is challenging to interview a person living with HIV. Um, mm. There are a few people publicly living with HIV. But again, like, ask them, they may not have the emotional capacity. Uh, yeah, capacity. Because, mm. you know, Whenever they do interviews, I, like, I know from Rafika, whenever she does interviews, it's a lot of emotional labor that comes into telling a story. Right? And yeah. you don't know whether the other person, like you, you, like you guys are great, but you never know when you're being interviewed, what's the other person like? Or what are they going to ask me? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever like, people in HIV tell their stories, anonymously or not, I think it should be applauded. 
like thank you for speaking up. Mm. Yeah. But he found out um, when he sent a Facebook request to Marcel. Okay. As I said, Marcel is quite open. He's an activist. So he does have like, he has a post that he talks about his HIV status and coming out. Okay. What it's like for him. Uh. And my dad just found out through that way. And then he like told me he couldn't sleep one night. And then the next day he asked me. And so I said, HIV is it? I have to, I had to like spend months like sending <laughs> articles, educating him. But I think end of the day, he, he's receptive. La. He trusts science. Okay. Um, he did ask me how Marcel got it and I told him sex. La. And, uh, mm. and I was like, and then I told him quite after that, like, it doesn't matter. And then like, my dad is, and he realized, okay, yeah, it doesn't matter. Mm. So my dad is very accepting. Uh, he always asks about Marcel. Sometimes he talks to each other. Like when I'm Skyping him and then my dad comes in and like, we have a discussion. <laughs> they are mini discussion. Yeah, they are mini discussion. <laughs> I just feel like Nipa inside. Then, yeah, and then um, he's quite accepting. It's taken a while. I mean, I did a HIV test after. So we had condomless sex in July when I went to Berlin. Mm-hmm. I got tested in December and it was negative. It's actually on the Google platform. Now. Mm-hmm. I went to okay. Dr. Tan and Tanas to get the test. Okay. And, um, I showed it to him and he's like, I think that made him a real believer, okay. like an absolute believer in Yugoslu. Mm. Yeah, and he does educate his colleagues about it. My dad is like 50 plus, okay. <laughs> he is from the conservative generation. Yeah, that's true. That's nice. He, that's true. He wants to do it, all right? So he like, educated his partners, uh, his, sorry, his um, colleagues, mm. and then they understood. They asked questions, he answered them. Mm. He also sent a few of them like articles. <laughs> so yeah. it pays off like it takes a while. But you know, I have the energy to do it. Yeah. I had the energy as well. And then my mom he told my mom after a few months. Okay. She got she got no reaction now. <laughs> I don't know. This <laughs> <laughs> Nonia Eurasian woman was just like stoic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I asked her, Do you have any questions? And she said no. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, she's just like that. Okay. Yeah. So they'd be pretty supportive. Uh, I mean, I would think so, yeah. yeah. With my other family members, they just don't they know about it, but they don't really talk about it. Um, mm. It's okay to have questions. You can direct your questions at me. Mm. I, don't, I don't live with HIV, so I have the energy to like keep telling people over and over again. Mm. Yeah. And the privilege that I have I can keep telling and educating people. Mm. Um, I have friends, uh, quite a few friends are supportive. I've lost a few friends who've okay. made like comments about myself, which I will not tolerate. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I mean, they're always surprised at first mm. when they hear about U equals U and medication and HIV. Mm. But they are open, quite a few of them are open to listening. And that the friends that left, you know, they just left. Uh. Mm. It's just like that. If they didn't want to, they just didn't want to, like, believe it. Or they said something that I called them out on and they couldn't take it. Mm. Yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, then you know that they're not your true friends, right? So, you know. Yeah, yeah. like, the relationship already got problems. Uh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, when I tell people he's li- that he's living with HIV, they're generally quite shocked that how can I reveal such a thing. 
But I mean, I've cleared it with Marcel. He's totally fine with it. Yeah, mm. especially if, like if it's in Singapore, he knows um, the situation is like more difficult. So he's happy to like let me share his story mm. um, while I attempt to like help people understand more about HIV and mucosal. So I'm quite mm. grateful for him. Uh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I I can understand because if let's say he's not an activist, so he does he's not openly, you know. Yeah. Um, sharing it's it's yeah it's, a bit hard. it's harder la, yeah so i'm grateful yeah. that he is open about it and he's willing to like that he's uh, like he's allowing me to share his story yeah. that it's important mm. that i get his consent as well yeah that's true yeah i mean in your attempt uh caitlin to educate people about this right i'm sure there are naysayers i'm not sure are they are they like you know or like what are oh, your yeah, what are your struggles people. like how do you I mean, yeah. with, even with your Instagram account and stuff, do you get like people messaging you and be like, uh, do you know? Yeah, maybe you can just share with us a little bit of about that, like your struggles. Oh, in, depends, uh, you know, there's sometimes so it people like, you. leave terrible comments in the comment section and I just delete them because these okay. comments are not okay. Uh, mm. I have no problem deleting offensive, inflammatory <laughs> questions. Uh, and if anyone DMs me, I will answer them honestly. Mm. I have seen, not from on my account, but other accounts, they take screenshots of conversations. And I always, whenever I get a message, I prepare myself that I'm going to get a bad comment. And usually it's not the case, but there are some. And it depends that if they're asking questions, I'm more than happy to share and we have a conversation, you know? Yeah. But if you're just going to do something that I don't believe the science, and I'm not going to, I'm just not going to tolerate that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, there are, I have to set boundaries for myself. Hmm. And have I challenges? Uh, well, this long distance is a bit of a killer sometimes, especially with COVID. Yeah, yeah. You know, the law banning him. That's yeah. That's I think the biggest challenge on a personal level. Yeah, not being able to be with him. Uh, yeah. Eventually, I need to uproot my life. Because I want a future with him. Mm. He knows that I want to like marry him and propose to him. But I will do it, lah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You go, girl. Yeah, I'm not a fan That's of awesome, man. I'm not a fan of diamonds at all. So it's it's better that I buy rather he buy and then. <laughs> no. Yeah. So like. Okay. I think the killer is especially now with COVID. I haven't seen him in about seven months. Mm. Um, yeah, actually, I could go to Denmark. They allow partners, even non-married partners, to come. Oh, um, he's studying in Denmark now, but I can't okay. because if I get sick and I come back to Singapore, <laughs> I have to pay for everything. Yeah, um, so I'm waiting for Singapore to let him in. Yeah, that's the biggest challenge I feel. Um, but again, you know, I'm not living in HIV, so whenever someone like gives me a bad comment. Um, I do have some distance from that comment. Mm. And I will just answer rationally. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's different for someone who's living with HIV. It can be harder because it's personal. Yeah. So whenever, like, we get, if I get a bad comment, I immediately delete it for the recursion. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. Like, why should she have to see, like, these things? Yeah. 
Like, we know they exist. But doesn't mean we have to put the other person through it. It's harmful, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, but otherwise, I'm quite happy to keep going. But right now, I'm doing my honours thesis. So mm-hmm. I I can only post about once or twice a week uh, with Norifika. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I'm getting a bit busy. But it will keep going. Even when I move to Germany, it will keep going. Yeah. yeah. But I need a lot of people to take the conversations on their platforms as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why we're here I mean, with you. Yeah, I mean, you have the, the... Because it does get tiring. As in, it does get tiring having to, you know, deal with this, like, question, like, like those negative comments and all that. Even though you delete it, but you've seen it and you know that why do people think that way? It gets, it just drains your energy sometimes, you know, but you know that you're fighting, you're fighting for a good cause and you believe in it so much, you just go forth, right? Yeah, this is just something I can do. Like, it's just one way to help. Um, it's a way that I'm most comfortable with because I do have some social anxiety. So I have trouble, like, going out sometimes, like, to do outreach. Okay. The least I could do is try online activism because it could reach more people. Yeah. So I mean, in whatever way you can help, it counts. Uh, if you want to donate, if you want to volunteer physically, if you want to do online stuff, advocacy, it helps. Yeah. And just be prepared to make mistakes and it's okay. Uh, learn from them and keep going. Yeah. yeah. Wise words, wise words. Okay. Awesome. Great. So, I, I mean, um, I guess you mentioned that you will still keep going even if you were to move to Germany and yeah. things. I guess what's what's the next thing, you know, for you equals you in the near future, I guess? Near future? Um, well, I was thinking of working with like, other student groups or like um, NGOs or N, like to further the you equals you message. Mm. Like doing an online advocacy campaign, having, campaign, having partners to do it with. Mm. Um, but right now my headspace is not there <laughs> because yeah. um yeah I am quite sad from long distance and so I have an honest thesis to write and that's going to mm. take out a lot of my time so maybe at the end of the year I'll pick it back up again mm-hmm. and think of what else I can do but right now U equals U we've done a lot of talking about U equals U itself the concept mm-hmm. the science of it I want to work with Norifika and move it to advocacy. So actually, mm. like starting the tough conversations such as um, the laws that discriminate, the attitudes that discriminate, mm. um, I want to move more into that. Uh, but it will take some time. That's a transition period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's on the way. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think those two are quite... Um, the laws is one thing, right? And then the attitudes towards it. I think those are the first two stepping stones to kind of like uh, send out into the world. <laughs> I feel. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it, it's a long road. Uh. It, nothing mm. will change overnight or something. For sure. For sure. And you know, the loss, it will, it will take a while, to be fair, to change. Yeah. Um, so, but in the meantime, then let's try and remove the, let's try to reduce HIV stigma. Mm. Um, as allies, yeah. that's the least we can do. Uh. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Okay. That's awesome, Caitlin. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, there are some local feed questions that we want to ask you. 
Okay. Um, I guess we just want to know a little bit more about you on a personal level. Okay. okay. So, um, yeah. one other thing is I want to know, um, or we want to know really, what, what is your why and your drive to get up in the morning? I have to do my thesis. <laughs> I was going to say thesis. that. <laughs> yeah, this is really the immediate like drive like, to get out of bed. I have deadlines to meet and I just have to get out of bed. Even though I love like sleeping in. Yeah. Yeah, I just, when is it due? You know, it's actually only due in the 31st of October, but time flies. Yeah, yeah. October. October. It's a 12,000 word piece. Oh, wow. So, oh, wow. okay. I need to get out and do it. So, that's that's why I get up in the morning. How awesome. is like setting multiple alarms that irritate <laughs> me till I finally get up? Mm. I don't know whether we asked earlier what 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 are you studying currently? Oh, okay. Um, we didn't cover that. I'm studying global studies in NUS. Okay. Um, I specialize in population and migration issues. Like the syllabus has changed a bit, but when I enrolled, mm-hmm. I studied population and migration issues, and I specialize in the South Asian region. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I took Hindi as like third language. Because you have, yeah. Because what? We have to take a language. It's compulsory for us to learn a language. Oh wow! Yeah, they don't do it now. It's highly encouraged now. But during my time, we had to do it. Mm. (laughs) Why Hindi though? Well, actually, I have a partner who was from India, so okay. It's not a healthy relationship, so he did pressure me to do a lot of things. Okay. Um, fit in or like learn a similar language Hindi is not even his language but he knows Hindi mm, okay yeah alright cool um, okay next one what's something most people don't know about you that you're really proud of don't know about me like who are the people like just I guess uh, I say friends right Zora <laughs> not like <laughs> Anyone, maybe your family, your friends. Yeah, in general, I guess. I'm a sex toy connoisseur. Really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I actually, Marcel started me on this. Um, because we have long distance, and um, yeah. during that time, I was recovering from like sexual abuse. Um, so one of the ways to reclaim power is to focus on my self pleasure. Okay. And what I want. So sex toys are a great way to do that. No pressure from a partner, it's just literally for you. So I bought a couple but like sometimes I don't buy anything, I just look at it and like um you go to like feminist stores, they actually like give you like descriptions of what it is, where it comes from. So it's like it's quite interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. But, yeah, so like my family doesn't know that I'm sex positive. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, sex positive doesn't mean promiscuous to whoever is listening. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, 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 and that, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. people I, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like focusing on self pleasure is really important, especially if you're female. You have to like um, unlearn a lot of things about what sex is. It's not just for your partner, but it's also for you. Mm. Yeah, I think most people don't know that about me. I think it probably shocks both of you. <laughs> no. I mean, really. wow. I, I met, I, the I thing met is because I don't know you. Yeah, so I, yeah, I okay, okay. Cool, cool. 
And yeah. we're, we're pretty, we're, we're both pretty open people. We, we accept yeah. um, whatever okay. they are. Yeah. But that is, a, okay, that is another topic another, for another day, another conversation. The sure, I mean, we always like thinking. Okay. Yeah. Okay, next question. Awesome. Um, Caitlin, what is your most humbling experience? Humbling? Related to HIV advocacy or just in general? In general. In general. I guess that like, recently I'm working with someone and they gave me like very direct feedback. And um, for me personally, whenever it's humbling because I learn, but also I go into a period of negativity about myself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, criticizing myself. But I mean, the I can't disclose too much about what it was, but okay. it was humbling because like, usually I try not to make mistakes, but inevitably I do. Uh. So, okay, that's nice. so that it was humbling to learn from it, like truly listen to the other person and, mm. and not be defensive. Mm. That's a humbling experience. Okay. I think indeed it is because in, for you to, yeah, to learn from that. And I think people tend to kind of like think that it's all negative, but it's actually a learning process for you as, yeah, as an individual, yeah. as a person. I guess I also have to learn to not beat myself up as mm. well. Mm. Um, because in the past I will always beat myself up if I make a mistake okay. yeah. or if someone says something negative mm. so yeah just generally when someone corrects me it's always a humbling experience okay. for me to learn from yeah okay awesome okay if this is your last day on earth <laughs> um, and you have to leave your wisdom behind what would be the um, three truths or lessons that you leave behind be true, sir. Wow. These are hard questions. <laughs> My global studies mind cannot take. Three things. Uh, spend as much time as with loved ones. Not just family, but also your chosen family, like your friends. Mm. Whoever you can. Uh. Career is important, but not the most important. That's the second one. Uh, third one. If you're not allergic, get a cat. <laughs> oh, love cats. We all have cats. Now. Yeah, oh, we yeah. do. <laughs> I mean, cats are very therapeutic. Even though some of them are not that loving, it's okay. Um, yeah, no, they can just sit there, but it's quite therapeutic. <laughs> yeah, like just to pet them. Yeah. So I do love whenever I'm stressed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay, one one last one. I hope this is not too difficult um, before we go into five uh, seconds yeah. of fun <laughs> uh, what is your definition of legacy legacy um, well I always thought that legacy means you've left some indelible impact mm -hmm. um, and the truth is any, everyone can have a legacy you don't have to be grand or well known to have a legacy for sure. So just like some impact that was uniquely left behind by you. That's what mm -hmm. I think a legacy is. So yeah. your legacy will be you equal you? You equals you? Oh, I don't know. Well, it depends whether my life ends today. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Very good. You, you think long, long, yeah, no, long you're thinking, further you're thinking. Up, in, up in the road. <laughs> like, if you could get married, you could have kids. 
Mm. You know, for different people, I leave behind a different legacy. Yes, that's true. Oh yeah, that's good. Right? That's like good if we if we are not friends anymore, then of course the legacy I leave for you isn't that great, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but for others, maybe we'll, for best friends, for partnership, yeah. all these things are different legacies. <laughs> awesome! Great. There you go. Um, okay, we're we're going to five questions, and um, you have five seconds to answer them. Um, Likes. Okay, okay. It's, it's okay. It's not that difficult. Okay. <laughs> All right. The first one. Um, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? Five seconds. God. <laughs> I don't know. What, what have I even done? Um. Well, something dangerous I did. Okay, I went. I went to Tibet. When I was 15. And um, you know when oxygen isn't like so rich when yeah. you're higher altitudes? Yeah. I didn't care like, I still like ran around and stuff and it's like crazy. <laughs> it's really stupid. And then you kind of had mountain sickness? <laughs> AMS? Uh, no, I didn't. But I did get to the point of passing out almost. Okay. Like, really close. Okay. <laughs> so okay. Yeah, if you're ever in a higher altitude, please mind your health. But that, I think that was a bit crazy because it wasn't logical. I knew I shouldn't be doing it, but I couldn't help it because you know who goes to Tibet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. Yep. Cool. Awesome. All right. Five seconds. If you could change the world, what would be the top of the list? To ban homophobia, racism, transphobia. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I would just like literally ban it. Like ban chewing gum. I ban this. <laughs> oh, I will ban sexism as well. Can't mix that up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, awesome. Okay. Um, five seconds. If you were stuck on an island and there's only one thing you could have with you, what would it be? Oh, I bring myself. Oh, just yeah. sweet. You can like scavenge and like entertain me. <laughs> <laughs> What's your animal spirit? Five seconds. That easy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You you mentioned it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, last one. Five yeah. seconds. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Uh, persuasion. Mm, Getting okay. Well, not changing their minds totally, but being very persuasive. Okay. I, because as Marcel like tell you, I will. I'm like, I like winning arguments. So <laughs> it really helps if I'm persuasive. Okay. But anyways, I want to kind of like ask you, um, how can we support you? I think you've mentioned it earlier on, like uh, different ways that we can support you. But perhaps you can just share it with us again. Like how can we support you? Like and your Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, your uh, platform, social media, I guess. Oh, just uh, yeah, it's just Facebook, Instagram. I mean, feel free to follow it and feel free to share any posts that you've done from. Mm-hmm. And if people ask questions about it, you can redirect them to us. No issues if you're not sure about something. So no pressure. Lah. Yeah. I'm I'm always open to receiving questions because questions also help me to learn. Mm. So um following is important or at least sharing. Mm-hmm. We spread the knowledge around. Mm. Um I think just not just not just me, but also to the cause in general. As I said, you can volunteer action for ASOTHelp.she. Um you can donate. Yeah, and the the money goes to help um, people living with HIV who are facing struggles in their life. Yeah. And just use your voice. That's, I think, the 
the most I will like. I mean, sorry, the least I could ask you just use your voice mm. to speak out. You know, against stigma, against discrimination, against misconceptions. It's really important. Yeah. And that's I think that's the best way to help uh, what I'm doing and what other people are doing. Because not just me, like, there are so many other people who are fighting for equality. Yeah. yeah.